Okay, here we go. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry with host and founder Richard Case and co-host and retreat leader Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, everybody. This is uh, Guest Thursday, and uh, we have some special guests uh, from New Hampshire, uh, Justin and Andrea. Uh, another, they're great friends of you, Kathy, so maybe you'd like to introduce them, and then they can uh, start sharing their story with us. Yeah, I am excited for everyone to get to meet you guys. Um, these are two of my favorite people, and those of you who listen often know that I have um, my ladies group on Tuesday and Andrea is one of those amazing ladies that I get to do life with all the time and and she and Justin have become dear friends of ours and um, how long it, how long ago was it that we took you guys through the abide material do you remember I was trying to figure that out last night and I think we did the 2018 fall one the fall one okay yeah yeah, yeah. and how so, far and it's uh, so funny because Go ahead, Kathy. Oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, it's so funny because Andrea is not even, you know, she was a friend of a friend. One of my dearest friends knew Andrea, and she was actually moving to, where did she move? Michigan or something like that? She was moving. And she's like, you, you have to meet Andrea, though, and, and they'd be great to come to this retreat. And so it was, that was how I met her. And then Sarah moved. And next thing I know, after the retreat, Andrea is in our Tuesday group too, and just has become a gem of a friend. And um, it's, so it's just fun how God works. Wow, yes. great. What town, what, what town do you guys live in? So we live in Stratford, New Hampshire. So we're north northwest of rochester dover like uh north of portsmouth portsmouth's probably like the closest city yeah they're new near bow lake right y'all yep. yep that's where they're right around we've gone over there and kayaked on bow lake together yeah <laughs> no it's, it's not uh it's not cold up there is it not uh, at all. yeah no only not only negative eight yesterday morning yeah, <laughs> yeah it's nothing <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, uh, we we are uh, really uh, look forward to having you share today. We'd like to have you start uh, with uh, telling the audience each each of you would share with us how did you come to know Christ uh, in your life, and you each can tell tell your story. You want to go first? You go. go um, well, I grew up Catholic, so you know my whole childhood um, was brought up in the Catholic Church, going to like CCD and. Um, not really liking it. I just remember feeling it was forced upon me. And um, so after that, I went away to college, but I continued to try to find, to go, to try to find a church that I would like. Um, and we got, you know, we got married in a Catholic church. I was going to a, a church that I liked when we got married. I liked the priest there. He was really down to earth and kind of spoke, um, in a way I understood more than when I was a kid, um, but it still wasn't, I still wasn't feeling a big community with that. And where, did, so, where, where did you go to college? 
I went to Fitchburg State in um, Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Okay. What did you, what'd you yeah. study there? I studied um, communications with a concentration in photography. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I did. I did photography for about five or six years. Are, the, are those your pictures in the in the background there? Yes. They are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the nice thing. Now I can just do it as like a hobby, and I put pictures up in my house. I have pictures up in my family's house. <laughs> right. We don't have to buy expensive photography because we have a an excellent photographer right here. Yeah, I know. Those are beautiful. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So after a while, Justin and I, we, you know, we had kids and I said, I, you know, I want to bring them up believing in, in God and in Jesus. And, but I still didn't feel like I had, had what I was looking for. And so we had been going to a Catholic church in Rochester for a while. And one Easter, we just said, Hey, let's, Justin was like, let's go to this, this place. A friend of mine actually had gone to this church and she's like, I think you'd really like it. So we went to their Easter service and Justin was like, I like this. This is, mm. this to, speaks to me. And so we just changed churches and, you know, eventually like it's a, it's a non-denominational church, um, very Bible based. And we just found good community there. And that's sort of where my relationship with Jesus took a turn because I, you know, it's just different um and then but then really i have to say i didn't feel i still didn't quite get it until the abide retreat no one had ever walked me through how you can hear from jesus how he how he can be in your day-to-day -day and you can hear him and and know what he's saying um until that retreat and that retreat was life-changing for me yeah because I had tried through the years to like read the Bible and do a journal and every year I would stop, like I would never do it daily. It just wasn't a daily thing. And since that retreat, I have like four journals filled. Beautiful. I miss my time with God if I don't do it. Yeah. We're, we're, and we'll, I have really, you, we'll have you share about that uh, in yeah. detail in a minute. Uh, yeah. And Justin, how about you? How did you come to know Christ? Um, well, so I would classify my story as more of the uh, prodigal son type of thing. Um, I, I definitely, like Andrea, I grew up um, in a, in, well, it wasn't really a religious home. Um, my mom forced us to go to mass. I would just put it that way. So if mom's listening, hi, mom. <laughs> um, so, it, but, it, but it was something that was, it was the rule you had to do this type of thing. So I didn't really, I, I, I always, I always knew and believed that God, there was a, a God or there was God was there, um, but it was more about, you know, head knowledge and not really heart knowledge, I would say. Um, I, uh, I took a, I would say a big, very, very big detour away from God uh, in college. Um, where'd you go? Where'd you go to college? I went to Fitchburg State as well, oh, okay. um, twice, <laughs> that way. Um, and so, so I would say it's interesting because, uh, yeah, definitely, you know, Andrew and I met in college and um, I I was uh, I was struggling with addiction to alcohol for a very long time um, and, you know, didn't really wasn't really into the whole go to church thing. Yeah, I'll just put it. That's probably mildly. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, didn't really think I thought it was a personal relationship. It wasn't really something I needed to um, be with a bunch of other people to, to do. Um, 
And so, so when Andrea actually said, hey, my friend told us about this charge, um, you know, we should try it out. And she'd gone a couple times. And I, I think when she came home one time, she was telling me about it and I was like, it sounds like a cult. I don't know what's going on there. But, um, but it turned out that was just the love of Jesus coming through with the people that were there. Um, and that was just new to me. So yeah. it was a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I, 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 the really quick turning point for me is the Easter service that Andrew was talking about. Um, there was an altar call um, and, you know, and that was the, the first time I actually made the decision in my life that I was going to, you know, give my life to Jesus. Mm. So that was the, the moment for me. Um, and I would say that's the starting point because I was still struggling, struggling with alcohol uh, and, and for, for a long time after that. Um, I would say that when I really got to know Christ was the day that I stopped drinking. Um, and that was, you know, Tuesday morning or something like that. <laughs> it was, it was just a, it was a bad morning. Uh, well, it started out bad, but it turned beautiful. Um, and I just, I, I realized that I couldn't, I couldn't do, I couldn't beat this addiction without Jesus. And mm. I really, I just got it on my knees. Uh, it's probably one of the few times I've cried, um, you know, like that, uh, just said, God, I, I know I can't do this alone. I need your help. Um, and I need you to give me peace with this, with my decision. Um, and I will say like anyone that says they haven't seen a miracle, um, will meet me because I am a miracle, uh, because God in that moment changed my life forever. Uh, and I would say that's probably the moment when you say no, like Kathy, I know you love the Greek <laughs> word, so you're not, you know, that, that no, um, that, that real strong knowing, uh, I think that was the moment I really knew Christ and. I've been kind of walking with him. I've taken some side steps along the way, but I've been walking with him since. Now, when you, uh, so when you said, uh, you know, you want to uh, be transformed, um, was that difficult uh, as you started to then live a life without the addiction and without the uh, issue? You know, um, it wasn't. Uh, and I think the reason was that I, not only did I say, God, I need you to transform me, but I said, I also need peace with this decision. I need you to give me peace. Um, and he did. I, I don't know why. I don't know why <laughs> he, he gave me that mercy. Um, but I say to people, like, that's part of the miracle that I talk about when I tell people about this is that I have not had really an urge to drink in almost seven years now since I asked, since I got on my knees and, and asked God to give me peaceful decision, yeah. he gave it to me. Yeah. He gave it to me fully. <laughs> yeah, it's um, beautiful. So cool. Yeah. yeah. So you're, um, and this is what uh, Kathy and I talk about transformation is, uh, so what you're telling us is you don't manage it, it's already been transformed in you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, uh, it's one of the beautiful. things too, um, that until that happened in his life, until I saw that change, because he had he had been times before where he had stopped drinking to like train for a marathon or just stop drinking for a few months. Yeah. And it would be great. And then he'd always go back to it. So for me, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, it's just one more time where he's going <laughs> to eventually go back to yeah, it. Yeah. And so until I really saw a change, I saw a big change. I feel like that's when my relationship with Jesus got stronger too, because yeah. I felt like 
if he if he could do that for Justin, it was also for for me. It was for our family. Yeah. And when we went to the Abide Retreat, it had been a few years that he had been sober. But Kathy very lovingly pointed out that I I hadn't forgiven him. Mm. And so it was a huge, I think that was why it was such a huge breaking point in our relationship and in my relationship with Jesus and my relationship with Justin was just truly forgiving him for the, for the way that the drinking was in our lives and then letting it go and, and letting this be a new part of our marriage. And yeah. like, I feel like we have two separate marriage, like two separate marriages, like before <laughs> drinking and after drinking, yeah. kind of mm-hmm. like before Jesus and after Jesus almost. Yeah, sure. That's really what it, what it feels like. Yeah. Tell us, uh, go back a little bit. Um, so you both went to the same university. Um, tell us how you met and what attracted you to eat to each other and how, how, did, how did that develop? I think we have very different um, stories here. Um, so, so I said I went to college twice. Um, first time I went, um, the college decided I needed a little more real world experience before I came back. Um, so it wasn't until the second time that I went, when I went back to college that I met uh, Andrea and now looking back on it, obviously God had his hand in yeah. it now. Wish he'd done it a little less painfully, but whatever. Yeah. What was um, what were you what were you studying, Justin? I was studying. Well, um, when I went back, I still studied political science. Okay. Um, and so I went back, having been in a fraternity for a while, and um, you know, I came back to school, and Andrea had known some of my fraternity brothers, some of my my really close friends for a while. Um, so basically, I, I think when she came she saw me hanging out with him she was kind of like who's this guy um and i remember really distinctly i don't think it was the first time i met andrea but it was really soon afterwards we were talking and we were joking and stuff and she walked away and i turned to my buddy eric and i said i'm gonna marry her i love it I love and he it. said he was like no way dude she's in a relationship she's already basically <laughs> married to some other guy and i said i don't know what it is but I'm gonna marry her. I love it. I can't it. tell you how I know that. I just know that. Um, so that was kind of how I knew that she was the one. Yeah. How about from you, Andrea? How's your from your perspective? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I you know it was very different for me. Um, I am a very guarded guarded person so like even though like i thought he was funny and i thought he was nice and um i was in a relationship and then but it was long distance um i ended that relationship and him and i started dating but i still i wasn't sure i just wasn't sure still like i was like oh i had been with that person for a while and so it was very confusing for me like i think and and justin knows this like i don't even I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if when we got married, I was really ready. Like, I, I don't know. God was just, he was, he was just having me do what he wanted me to do because I didn't really know. Like, I just was very confused as a young woman and struggled with depression. And um, so, like I said, I feel like the past like five to seven years is more like our our marriage than anything before yeah. that, which. How, how long did you, uh, while you were in school, you, how long did you date before you got engaged and then married? 
We dated about four years and got married like a year after. Yeah. Okay. Like so five years total, I guess. So you both so. you both had graduated from school and uh yep. were working and uh, yep. got married. Uh now how many years uh, have you been married now and children? How about children? It'll be twenty years in September. Yeah. And we have three kids. Um we have a seventeen year old, a fourteen year old, a ten year old, and we have a little foster child right now. Who He's is a new addition. Yeah. In the yes. last few months, yeah, yeah, super that's, that's the uh, that's the one that you had to drive to school today, Justin. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exciting is a word for it. Uh, exhausting is another <laughs> word for a four-year-old, especially after having a ten-year-old and not remembering what a four-year-old's energy what toddlers were like. Yeah. 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 What's your uh, What's your oldest uh, age? Is it ten? Seventeen. Seventeen. Oh well, then. Yeah. Tell the 17 year old to start driving these kids around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She's too busy with her own life, yeah. right? She has her license and, and yeah. works and, and has a lot of yeah. extracurricular activities. So they're like good kids. Ships passing in the yeah. night with, with our seven. Yeah. 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 It does drive that. the 14 year old to school and yeah. stuff. So that's okay. very helpful. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> they get uh, along well. So yeah. that's good. <laughs> So uh, you will have to eventually share a little bit of the story that led you guys to fostering because that's been a beautiful story. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. We'll, we'll have you talk of, about of that in terms yeah. of design, uh, discernment. Uh, but uh, uh, Andrew, you said um, when you went to the abiding retreat, uh, God spoke to you about forgiveness. Uh, talk a little bit about that process of okay, I, I received that, and then and then how did you abide? Uh, into that to receive and have God this is this is the beauty of God's life is he said well I know something about you that I want to heal up and I mm -hmm. uh, for the for you and for your marriage uh, which you know you received it but talk about that how did that come about and how did you process that to actually get to not knowing about forgiveness but actually actually for, had forgiveness mm -hmm. <clears throat> um it's a little hard to remember back like to specifics, but I do remember just thinking like in my head thinking, oh, but I have forgiven him. Like I never, you know, I don't bring it up. I don't blame him. I don't, you know, but then I would look at my actions. I kind of sat and just thought back to things and looked at my actions toward him. Like I would get angry about certain things mm -hmm. and it was because it would remind me of how he was when he drank. Sure. And so I had to really not like, I had to really just forgive, you know, for, forgive what, what drinking took away from our marriage. Um, and God just really placed on my heart, like that he is, that Justin had changed, that it was different, that it wasn't going to go back that way. Um, and then I was able to talk to him, to Justin about it more. Mm. So like in the past, it wasn't, it was just like something that we talked about on the surface, but I think at the retreat, because I needed to dig a little deeper, um, we talked about it and he, and he sincerely apologized for, you know, kind of having me be the single parent for a long time. Mm. Um, and because we were able to have that open dialogue, I think that was what let my heart sort of that hardness break away and really really truly forgive and and forget like not bring it up yeah yeah you know yeah. and not that's let been those... like watching from the outside 
there was so there was that that precipice that starting point for it but then there were layers it felt like that over the time that he that God just continued to heal and show different aspects and just uh, it was beautiful watching like as uh, in our ladies group just seeing how God transformed too yeah yeah, yeah. through yeah. the abiding it's beautiful um and then uh, uh Andrew you talked about you got four four journals uh full talk about how uh what does it look like for you and then we'll have uh uh, Justin share what what does it look like in the abiding process uh, in the word itself and in journaling and and how does how does all that uh, actually play out for how you do it how you so for me it? um for me I like to do it in the morning like when it's still quiet sometimes that's a little hard because the kids get up really early so sometimes now I find myself doing it after they're all in school if I'm not working then I'll do it because the house is quiet um I like to write down my prayers, kind of like a conversation mm -hmm. with God. Um, you know, I always start by thanking him for for things, usually, you know, whatever's going on, you know, thanking for provision lately because we're getting our car fixed right now, <laughs> um, you know, thanking him for the, our health and, you know, just whatever I feel is on my heart. And then I like to write my prayers down. A lot of times I'll ask him questions if I'm thinking of something um, like, God, what, give me wisdom. What should we do about yeah. X, Y, and Z? Um, and then I'll go to my Bible. And sometimes I have a specific place to start and I'll like, I'll just be reading through the gospels or I'll, you know, do my devotional and go to that, go to the verse that they have um, and just kind of see, you know, if there's anything there that God's speaking to me or, or anything that I, need to focus on and yep. some days it's easier than others some days i feel like i really am hearing what he wants to say and other days i'm like i can't hear you at all yeah. <laughs> what's going on <laughs> um so and i do i do definitely struggle if i miss a day um i'm just cranky i just it, like yesterday justin was like why are you so cranky and, and then last night i real i'm like it's because i didn't do my quiet time in the morning i ended yeah. up doing it last night so it really affects for me it affects my day and my yeah. mood and um it affects her more than coffee yeah so, <laughs> you're better off letting andrea have her quiet time and you know a cup of coffee with quiet time definitely helps there you, but, go. There you go yeah uh, I, I she's scarier well not scarier <laughs> but um i i am more guarded around her before her quiet time is over than i am before her first cup of coffee all right all right oh, well awesome. and it's nice because there have been times where he's like you need to go do your quiet time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then i'll go upstairs and i'll do it and right. i and i appreciate that because i feel especially now i feel like i'm giving a lot mm. and i need to be filled again you know yes absolutely yep. how about you justin how does that what does it look like for you um i think it's a little different um so i would say that i i had never journaled before the abide retreat mm -hmm. so put that out there and and since then i don't have four journals <laughs> but i did just recently finish my second one um and so for me it's it varies on the day um i try to do it in the morning um when before this whole COVID thing, I don't know if you guys have heard of this COVID thing, but before that, what are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Is there something going around? Yeah, yeah I, you can probably Google it. Yeah, um, okay. So we'll check it out. 
before <laughs> that, uh, I was really, I was in a really good regiment. I would go to work, I drive to work, grab my cup of coffee from nine to like 9.50, 9.30 every day. I would sit in the cafeteria and do my quiet time and do my abiding. So that part of it was great. And then, then I stayed home and my, my regiment, my routine got completely messed up. Um, so I find sometimes I'll be doing my, my abiding at night. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really when I can fit it in. Um, I try to do it in the morning, but it doesn't always work. Um, so for me, when I, when I get into the word and I, I will say Andrea is an inspiration. Um, she is much more regular than I am. Uh, I'd love to say I do every day, but the, the, the honest part of it is that I don't, um, and I, I want to do it every day. I have the good intentions, but uh, it's probably every other day, something like that. Um, so for me, I get into the, I get into the word. Um, I usually try to start out with some music. I kind of borrow that from Kathy and Dan. It really helps me get in the mood. Um, so I have a little playlist on my phone for worship. So yeah. listen to a couple of worship songs, kind of get me um, thinking about that. And um, I usually start off by, um, apologizing and repenting um that that's usually where i start i feel like that for me um i always feel like saying god i'm i'm so sorry you know (laughs) thank you thank you so much for the mercy that you've given me um so uh, that's usually where i start and i'll I'll just dig in um and like andrea said sometimes it's it's easier sometimes it's harder um you know sometimes the words basically just jump off the page at me yeah um, and sometimes it just takes a little while. Um, it's interesting though, the part that I usually end up focusing on isn't usually the first place I start. Yeah. Um, so that first verse where I'm like, okay, I guess I'll look this one up or I'll cross-reference this. It's usually that second or third one that, um, that I'll, I'll get to. And, um, that's, that's usually where, where it jumps off at me. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, it's so interesting. It's so cool how that. How that works yeah now when you uh say that because that's how it works uh instead it jumps off at you and the first one was oh that's interesting but then it's like oh this jumps off at you describe yeah. what what is that what does that feel like look like to you that's the work of the holy spirit uh yeah and people who who tend to just study the bible they don't necessarily have experienced that because they haven't opened up to that but wh- how do, what does that feel like look like to you when that happens it jumps at you yeah, actually, um, uh, I can give you an example because it happened yesterday. Um, so I was, I, I think we were, I was reading a plan that Andrea had inv- invited me to, to a, a Bible app. We'll leave it at that. Um, and uh, I think we were in, it was in First John, something, it was about love and, and, and God loving us. And um, it was interesting because I started, I, I cross-referenced, I read the verse and I was like, okay, they, these ones are interesting and this verse is interesting. And there were some cross-references there. Um, so I looked at it. Um, so it was, you know, a, a couple of reference, two references. First one, I kind of rep, went to the, the next, I can't remember what the verse was. Um, and I was like, okay, that, yeah, all right. That kind of makes sense. And the second one was kind of jumping out at me. So I read that. And I, I think it was in First Thess- Thessalonians. Um, I, I don't have my journal next to me, so I sure. can't tell you exactly. Um, but what was interesting is that it was like verse nine, um, and verse nine didn't really do it for me. But um, I, I kept reading, and I get to the verse. I think it was verse eleven. I was like, 
Oh, okay. This this is the this is the verse that God's uh, telling me about. It was about leading a quiet life. Yes, yes. Um, which was which was really interesting um, because I feel like God was saying, "Hey, you know, you got a lot of distractions going on right now. You need to get back to your first love. You need to get back to me and relying on me." And don't worry about all the extra stuff that's out there in the world. Oh, beautiful. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the yesterday's thing. Definitely, like I said, you know, verse nine, it, I feel bad saying sometimes you're going through the Bible, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, <laughs> and then boom, like verse 11, like it was just like it, I don't know, jumped off the page at me. And, and it was like, this is the verse that you're supposed to be focusing on today. Yeah, yeah. it's a called the what it's called is uh, actually even labeled in scripture as the quickening of the Holy Spirit, uh, and then you receive that like, ooh, look, look at this, which you did, and then God said, hey, by the way, do you understand what this is about? You know, hey, this is about you, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I have something to say about that. And that's see, he says, uh, abiding is the relationship. It's. Uh, it's receiving what he has to say, lead and guide us into, and the best, you know, none better. So it's it's beautiful. Um, Kathy had mentioned uh, you went through a process of discerning God's will about even taking on a foster kid. Maybe you could share about that. How did that come about, and how did God lead you to that place where you both saw that this was God's will for you? This was a fun journey to watch. I yeah, it, it was a long. It's it was been a over long, a long period of time. Yeah, it's been a, a good couple years. For a long time, um, I'd say, I mean, since I was younger, really, I I met this woman who did foster care. She was an adult. She was my mom's friend, and she had four teenage kids, and then she had three little boys that she was fostering and I just thought I was only eight and I thought that was just the best thing ever they were so cute and they just I could just go over and love on them and play with them and I just thought it was amazing that she did that so for for years I've always thought it in the back of my mind that would be something I would want to do um and I had brought it up a couple times to Justin and he was always like no way I don't want to do that so I just I would I would pray like um, for God to soften his heart to the idea. I prayed that for a long time. Um, and then I kind of gave up. I, I was kind of like, well, maybe that's just not what the plan is. Um, and then not too long after that, Justin said, you know, I've been thinking about you wanting to do foster care and I think we should look into it. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I'm so surprised. Um, and I actually think I said, well, I don't know if I want to anymore. Like, I think I <laughs> so, um, so we prayed about it and we, and we did, we felt like God was telling us, um, you know, you, we have this, this home where we could bring another child or two children. Um, and we have the capability. Um, so we started going through the process and then co well, first, First, we had a friend from the church who needed a place to stay. So we moved mm -hmm. rooms around. Say, you have to back up and tell that yeah. story because I remember <laughs> we, we sitting on the outside room. and watching yeah, some of We those. moved some rooms <laughs> around and we had a spare room and this woman from church needed a place to stay. So we had this, this woman come stay with us. I think she was here five or six weeks. Yeah. Her and her cat lived in that room. Um, and it was really, God did a lot of work on me with her here because we didn't really know her that well. Um, and it, it, it's weird to have someone in your home that 
they're sort of like a tenant, but but not really. So like she did her own thing and she could come and eat with us if she wanted to and she could watch TV with us if she wanted to, but she pretty much stuck to herself. But over time, I grew to really love her. And even now she volunteers where I work sometimes and I don't always get to see her, but she'll text me or I'll text her. And God really changed my heart with her mm -hmm. because like I said, I'm, I'm pretty guarded and it took a lot for me to have her here. And I remember talking about it in the women's group and, and the ladies really saying like, you know, maybe God's preparing you to let other people into your home. Like maybe this is the first step. Mm. <laughs> so that was pretty, that was a little bit of a off the track sort yeah. of thing. Well, and that was even in a season where you know, like you described, I remember watching the two of you kind of go through waves of you know, oh, we want to do this foster thing. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. we want to do that. Oh, I don't know, maybe not. And yeah. and in the process of God bringing you to unity, there were these pit stops along the way that he also did all this heart preparation is what it seems. Yes. Yeah. yeah so know, that was like the first thing was um, Amy coming to stay. And then she left and then COVID happened. So we still had that empty room. We set it up as a classroom because the kids had to do school from home. And I'm like, okay, so I guess everything's kind of on hold because until we can have a room, we don't have anything, um, anything, any place to put a child. So well, plus we, we still had to go through the extensive foster care classes, right? Uh, which with they, at that point were only offering in person. So yeah. COVID hit no more classes. Right. Uh, yeah, so there was an automatic stall that happened. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And then right when COVID happened, I tore my Achilles. Um, I, I had to remember that. <laughs> so many stories. I had to. Um, I had to have surgery, and I literally was like, so. And I remember this clear as day, saying to to you, Kathy, when we were meeting, I said, you know, if this had happened to me even a year ago, I would have been. It would have been such a tragic, like a tragedy. What's the word? Travesty. Travesty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think I really took it as God saying, listen, I'm slowing the world down, but you're still not slowing down. So I'm going to slow you down. <laughs> and cause I couldn't do anything. So I couldn't true. even, yeah. I couldn't even walk. Like I had to be on crutches. I was in a boot. I had to have surgery. <laughs> so for three months I'm sitting here in a chair. Like I would sit outside in a chair and read a book to my son. Like I'd be like, okay, let's go read. Like this is your reading time. <laughs> So that was that was definitely God just slowing me down. I, I don't know. So that that kind of slowed. So after we I recovered from that, we t started talking about foster care again, and um, we were doing our classes. We did them online. Yep. Um, and we had decided, and I don't think we asked God about this, but we kind of decided after talking about it that we were gonna do just adoption. So we weren't gonna do foster care. We were just gonna get kids that were already um, ready to be adopted and in the system, and we would have just adopt. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, that wasn't really sitting well yeah. with us. Yeah. Um, and then tell them you went to a men's retreat, right? Yeah, so, yeah, so it, exactly. We, we had decided that we wanted to do adoption like towards the end, like at, at the end of uh, end of foster care, um, because it was more comfortable for our family, or because we felt sure. like it was a safer way. And you know, we had best intentions. We were thinking about the kids and how are they going to react and and all that stuff. 
um, and I was at a I was at a men's retreat, um, just digging into into the word, um, and I, I can't remember what Bible verse or if it even was a Bible verse, but I was just spending some quiet time with God, and I really felt like God. It, I think there was a Bible verse in there, but basically it was, hey, why are you putting up rules for for my will? So basically, just <laughs> what are you doing? Like, like, like you are you're trying to put some conditions yes. on what I want you to do. Um, and I got home and I was like, Andrea, I, you know, I really feel like I, I heard from God that we're we're not supposed to put conditions on this, and it's not that we're supposed to, you know, be at only a certain point because it's comfortable for our family. Uh, I really felt like God was saying. I don't want you to be comfortable. I want you to do what I want you to do. And it might not be the most comfortable for thing for you, but I know it's best. Yes. Yes. Um, and so that's, that's yeah. how, that's how it came about. Well, so after as he, I remember, I'll go ahead, Andrea. Yeah. I was going to say after this. he came home <laughs> and he told me that I was like, really? Like that's to me, it was about protecting our kids' hearts mm -hmm. because you know, you have a child come into your home, everyone, bonds or doesn't bond <laughs> with that child and then they they leave and then how is that going to look for for our children um and so that's why the adoption thing came up but my our middle child she kept saying i like our family the way it is are we just gonna like why why are we adopting somebody like so that was sort of i i wasn't comfortable for a couple of weeks after we were um, going through the license process, something just wasn't sitting right. And then he came home and said that, and I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'm going to pray about it. And I prayed about it for about a week. And on my drive from my house to Kathy's, there was a podcast on, it was a Rick Warren podcast. And it basically just woke me up and said, no, this is what I asked you to do. I asked you to do foster care and I'd like you to do what I asked basically. <laughs> um, and just listening, listening to his specific will and not put not trying to protect us. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, uh, together then come to unity on that? How did you say, I, I we now confirm that this is God's will for you. <clears throat> um, I think we just afterwards when I had got listened to the podcast and got, kind of felt like God was talking, um we came back together and just you know said okay i think yeah. you know this is what i feel like i'm hearing you know this is where we should probably <laughs> step out in faith and say okay god we'll yeah. do so yeah. then we just told the woman the foster care person who comes to do the um the house study we said you know we changed our mind we're going to do foster care and if if it is comes to adoption, we would probably still be open to that. Um, but we really want to try to help a family. Nate. Yeah. So how long ago did you uh, have your first foster child? We've had him for eight weeks. How's it going? It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's been an interesting journey, I yeah. would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I want to back up really quick too, because I, I think it's something really important here. When, um, Andrea and I are pretty good about when she comes to me and says, I, I think I'm hearing this from God, uh, instead of just saying, okay, cool, <laughs> let's do that. 
um, which is usually my default, um, is we'll take a step back and say, well, let me let me see what God is uh, telling me as well. So we've really gotten into that, not all the time, but with the the really big decisions, we do take a moment and Andrea's great. I'll say, hey, I really think this. And she'll be like, okay, well, let me, let me talk to God. Or if she asks me a question, I'll give her an answer. And she's, she'll say, well, is that you? Or did, did you hear that from God, right? So we really do use it when we have our big decisions to, to really stop and listen and figure out, is, it, is this just Justin off the cuff making an answer? Or am I really going to God with that? Yeah, for for advice. And we get to witness that actually in in the ladies group because a lot of times she'll come. I that's why I wanted you to share about that delay between his men's retreat and what God spoke to you because yeah. we mm-hmm. actually got to sit courtside seats and watch God bring right. her to that same place. You know, yeah. and, and it's just beautiful to watch because yeah. that very question you said, how did you phrase it, Justin? She'll say, was that you or was that you, Justin, or was that God? Yeah, and she uses yeah. that on us too. FYI. <laughs> So yeah, it's 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 a, it's, it's a it's great, great accountability, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, why why is it you've learned that? Why is it that you do it that way versus just deciding, or like you said, Justin, caving? Well, if God said that to you, okay, then then that's it. No, you back up, and you both have to confirm it. Why do you why do you actually do it that way? I think we do it that way because we want to we want to be doing what God's asking yeah. of us, yeah. and, and I think it's so easy to just make plans and just keep going and everything's going good. And you think, you think it's what God wants, but then you still need to check, you know, I still, I feel like I want to check in and make sure I'm still doing yeah, absolutely. what he's asking. Yeah. And you, yeah. And, and what you say is the reason is that, well, you want God's will, which is best and none better. Um, and that he, he uses each of you, to move it forward and to say, well, here's something I thought about, or I have a, per- a perspective, and uh, and you stay with it. What you've described is you stay with it until you both get confirmation in the spirit, mm-hmm. and then together we now are we now know God's will and we're ready to you know fulfill it because it's mm-hmm. going to be it's going to be best. Uh, and again, best means it's going to fulfill His purpose uh, and bring you great joy, even during the potential stuff like eh, it may not be that comfortable <laughs> yeah uh, so i'm sure you're yeah. going, you're going through all kinds of interesting stuff you know now yeah. that you've done it uh that you know you're finding out how to how to now do this in a way that keeps your joy and your family joy and, and right. try to help this kid so and that unity is also that place of confidence i think of yeah. okay when things like like rich said you know, when things do get tough knowing okay god led us to this so we mm-hmm. absolutely know he's going to bring us through it and he's got fruit from it yeah. Um, and sometimes that is what sustains us through the difficult parts of, you know, your high yeah, energy I, level house right now. <laughs> yeah. And I do feel, I feel that throughout this, this eight weeks, like there'll be days where I'm just like, I, I don't have patience. I, I can't do it. But those are the days I feel like Justin is, is good and he's even keel. And then the days he can't do it, I have it. And, and I don't at the the first like four weeks i really feel i just got all my strength from god because i don't know where else it could have come from yeah because you had to just keep going and keep being patient and keep just trying to give love and so it's definitely been really leaning on him like even this morning my devotional was about um the hope 
may God give you his joy and peace and um, find hope in his faithfulness. Right. And, and I needed that this morning because my joy and peace have been struggling. I struggle in the winter, but you know, it, it's, it's hard. So when I read that this morning, I was like, okay, God, thank you. Like yeah. that's, I needed that this yeah. morning. Yeah. Stay with it. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a uh, beautiful story. And Kathy, do you have any other perspective you want to add uh, from your side of what you saw? And... Um, not really. It's just been a fun, it's really been a fun journey to watch, honestly. And and I think just the reason I wanted you guys to share the foster story in particular is that it wasn't a short journey. You know, from, from our perspective, we've been watching this journey for a couple of years, yeah. really, mm -hmm. of God. Yeah. You know, I know longer for you, Andrea, but, you know, as, as an outsider, a friend on the outskirts of it, watching it kind of seesaw and him laying it heavy on your heart and then not so much on Justin's and it would go back and forth a little and then he'd tweak some things and, you know, put a guest in your house and suddenly have you redo a room and, you know, and, and we all got this front row seat to God moving puzzle piece by puzzle piece. And then suddenly, almost like in a, in a whirlwind, it felt like from an outsider's perspective, it was like all this preparation, all this preparation. And then all of a sudden, you know, he brought unity and it moved like that. Yeah. And next thing I know, I'm getting a text, hey, we get our kid in a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And, yeah. but it, was, it went from slow, 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 I'm doing something, stay with it. And then when he brought unity, he brought a child. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, it was really amazing to yeah, watch. And, that, and the uh, the key there is, and as people, you know, hopefully are listening, um, God speaks his will, and it translates into something real. I mean, it really happens. Uh, a specific thing happens, like you have this child, and here it is, and take it. And now, interesting enough, you prayed and prayed and received and understood, and, and uh, you said, okay, we, we hear together, yes, we're going to, you actually have one. And guess what? And you just said it is now we get all kinds of questions. Well, how do we do this? And how do I <laughs> how do I maintain my strength? And yeah. uh, see, God's will isn't a destination; it's a journey. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so you you really described it well. So we really thank you for uh, sharing the beautiful stories uh, uh, of how you guys came together and what God has done in your life. And uh, we just pray that you can encourage to do that. We'd love to have you come back and. Uh, we'll talk about uh, how, how it went, you know, with uh, uh, your family and having a foster child. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you, you don't even know fully all that God's going to be, be doing. So it'll be fun, right. to, fun to be part of that and share that with our audience. So we, we really thank you so much for uh, sharing this beautiful story. And it's, it's very exciting to hear. Uh, Kathy, we're, and, and we'll look forward to seeing you again. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Yeah, Thanks for been, having us. It's been fun. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Great to hear your story, and I'm glad everybody gets a little glimpse into some of my favorite people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, they you. are a blessing. So thanks for joining us, everyone. And um, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be a friend, tell a friend, and pass it on. I know hearing other stories and just how God is working and speaking and moving in the lives of real people like you and me um, is just encouraging, and it's such such an inspiration and brings God glory. So yep. Yep. keep Amen. sharing. Amen. All right, we'll see you soon. Take care. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.